One of the biggest lifestyle changes that can happen to us is getting married. But as well as being an important emotional commitment and declaration of togetherness, it's also a big financial commitment. The marriage ceremony itself can involve a lot of expense. Then there are important issues to consider as married life starts, such as managing expectations on spending and if and how to combine your finances. Our listener Cho Chan is getting married with his fiancée Rebecca in December this year. He shared some of his financial concerns with Jimmy Lam. Good morning, Cho. So how many years have you been with your uh, wife-to-be? Hi, Jimmy. We have been together for nearly 12 years, um, wow. since 2006. Wow, that's a very long time. And I want to ask you, before you get into marriage, is it always the guy spend the most of the money? <laughs> and do you two talk about like money matters, like plan about financial uh, things? Yeah, I think that's true for most of the couples. But however, when we were in the, our early stage of our relationships, that means dating back to 2006 to 2007, we were actually going to the secondary schools. And honestly, as a student, we didn't have much to spend at that time. And you know, Rebecca and I don't usually spend much when we were handing out. And the most expensive spending that I can think of at that time was going to the Disneyland and to have dinner inside the park. Okay, wow, well, that, that remains very expensive now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and, um, and how, and so so sounds like you two, uh, your wife-to-be, Rebecca and yourself, are not that uh, materialistic, not, not going for the high-end items. Yeah, sure. Okay, so you do have a very common values about money then. Yes, yeah, sure. both of us are not materialistic at all. And um, so how, um, so when you guys planned uh, to get married, um, I know there's a lot of money involved. So um, how is it like for you? Um, do you need to spend a lot of money? I guess engagement ring, blah, blah, blah. Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, there's a once in a lifetime event, you know, and uh, I want to make it as unforgettable as possible. And besides the ring, actually, I, I found a team of local photographers in, in Austria to help us to decorate the event and record the, ma the magical moment for us. Um, if you ask me how much did I spend for the whole proposal event, um, I think I've spent over $60,000 for the proposal. $60,000. And um, does that include the rain? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, that's great. <laughs> okay, okay, sixty thousand gone. So, um, so after engagement, after she said yes, so next stage is about planning the marriage. And I know a lot of Chinese traditions are there. Um, so uh, the wedding banquet, the pre-wedding photo, etc., etc. So, what is the budget for you for the wedding of the marriage? Um. We, you know, we, we always try to live within our means and we have a budget in our mind and we try not to exceed that. Um, the way we control our spending is that we, we, we have spent, if we have spent too much on one item, we try our best to reduce spending on others. In our case, we have spent a large portion of our budget on the banquet venue. So we spend less on decoration and on other discretionary items. And um, for the budget, um, we target to control within 300,000 Hong Kong dollars. Oh, okay. So you, you two both had a 
good uh, planning then before you um, before you go into those items you try to limit yourself yeah exactly okay and um, so and I guess another big question um, it's about um, discussions between your families two families on the money matters right because some Chinese traditions like require the uh, uh, the, the I mean they uh, the, the wife's side so wants some money from the husband's side. So is that a lot of um, arguments or hard times that you two went through? Um, no. Actually, no. Uh, we are fortunate enough that both of our families are so open-minded and they have been very supportive of what we have done and give us the discretion to do whatever we want to do. Right and okay, so that's sorted. And how about where to live? Ed? We might ask you buy buy flat or uh, moving uh, to uh, anywhere uh, to rent after getting married. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we are not going to buy a flat in Hong Kong, at least in the near future. The housing price today is simply unreasonably high, and I do not believe that the price is sustainable. We shall rent a flat instead. Right, and um, so after we talk about all these uh, budgets, so how do you um, do you use your savings to pay it off, or um, and how would you describe your uh, financial situation right now? Uh, um, all the wedding-related expenses are paid by us, and we don't see it's necessary to request our family to support us. Um, and for my financial situation, you know, this is a tricky question. Um, but I would say I'm happy with my current financial situation now. At least I can support my family financially and to buy most of the things I want. Of course, to, to own a flat in Hong Kong remains an untouchable dream for us. You just heard there from our listener Cho Chan mentioning some financial issues he foresees ahead of his marriage. Jimmy Lam went to speak to Alvin Lam, money coach from Skylar Professional Development Resources, to see what advice he could give. Uh, morning, Alvin. So Hi. you went through the whole wedding process. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, what do you make of chores, uh, budget and planning? Do you have any good advice for him? Uh, actually, my wedding was happened more than 20 years ago. So maybe my experience and arrangements may be outdated. However, about uh, the budget on spending, I think some issues are quite or more or less the same. Uh, in general, the newly West uh, finally, we'll spend more than expected. This is uh, quite common uh, for uh, little web people. Uh, because it, they always tell you it, it costs uh, just 20000 but it actually turns out Yeah, right, cost, right. right yeah. Because uh, they always said that ah, it's the, the only one time in, in the life. Yeah, so, uh, you to so spend everything more. we should uh, pay the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so finally, yeah. they pay more. Okay. And so it's uh, because some items, especially uh, maybe overlooked or underestimated, for example, the transportation arrangement for the guests and also some accessories items, yeah. uh, some gifts and some expenses uh, related to the groomsmen and the uh, bridesmaids, like the dresses and right. eating out. Yeah. So in general, and there are some uh, even in the deviation in the number of tables required in the ban- uh, wedding <laughs> yeah. banquets. Uh, yeah. More guests. Ma- yeah, yeah, right. Wrong, right? Uh, you know, in both sides, maybe the parents said that I have more friends or yeah. more relatives. You invite A, you don't want to miss out. Yeah, right. Right, right. B as well. yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's a very happy thing. So all the parents would like to invite everybody to come. So you know that. And finally, maybe they need to have more tables in the wedding banquets. And it will be a very big impact to the Little West, especially they have the... Uh, wedding ceremony in the hotel and yeah. in general you know it may cost more than 20,000 per table so it will be a very high cost and therefore when budgeting for wedding uh, one reminder is to budget more 
to ensure the happy moments will not be affected by insufficient cash flow. For example, I uh, often remind the people that if you pref- uh, if you plan to pay, uh, for example, uh, three hundred thousand in the wedding, maybe you need to add at least twenty uh, percent more. Uh, right. For this case, maybe uh, six. Uh, Sixty thousand more, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, what investment would you advise for Chaw? Because he mentioned his job nature, he cannot invest, and mm-hmm. but he's mm-hmm. also willing to take some risk. Yeah, and I know that for some jobs uh, which may have some connections with the asset management field or some listed companies and their employees or the connected persons and even their relatives are not allowed to invest in stocks. And some may be restricted to Hong Kong stocks only, but some may also have restrictions to invest in global markets. And so first of all, uh, maybe Chor needs to check carefully the company rules and the regulations. For example, uh, assuming his willingness to take risks, but he's not allowed it to invest uh, directly in stocks, then he may consider investing in stocks uh, in directly through the say the the unit trust or the mutual funds. And if both are not allowed, it, uh, another choice may be insurance plans uh, with some uh, high savings element. And he may choose the plans with uh, high investment rating in stocks, say 60% to 80%. Then it may also be a risky investment, and but may not. Uh, uh, breach the rules about the company. Right, so the and insurance linked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, not exactly the insurance link. Just oh. some insurance savings plan. Oh, savings and both are okay. Are okay. Oh. And other than these stocks related choices, uh, maybe property investment is also another uh, popular investment for people. And this also has risk. So uh, this are uh, uh, this one if is uh, if this one is chosen, then one risk. Uh, then Chor needs to pay attention. It's about the concentration risk because uh, a, unless he has a lot of or maybe a, a few uh, a few tens a million uh, dollars, otherwise there may be a concentration risk for just invest in the properties. So he he need to ensure he has sufficient cash savings for liability and responsibility first, and before making any investment decision. Right, or even considering outside Hong Kong because yeah, right, when the yeah, properties. Yeah. Yeah. of a smaller yeah. price. But for also right. overseas property investment, he may also need to know about the, the, the control. Oh, no. He has nothing to control. Right. Yeah. And um, I think he mentioned one of the most common challenges for uh, for late 20s people is, mm-hmm. yeah, while accumulating some uh, enough money for the down payment for mm-hmm. the coming upcoming flat, yeah, um, yeah. but he also needs to uh, pay the rent and support the yeah, parents right. <laughs> and also maybe having a kid. So yeah, yeah, how... Yeah. How would you advise him? Yeah, I think for people at, at the age around 30, they must have many, many goals. And this is quite common. So it's a matter of priority. And they need to uh, to, to know about what will be their, uh, their most important goals. For example, for the case of Cho, uh, he, he wants to get married and buy home, plan to have kids, and even support parents without anything, everything. But right. unfortunately... And maybe he's still young. It means that his working experience is not long enough to get a better pay. Then he may needs to uh, he may need to consider the priority of the goals. Uh, pay the most urgent one first, and then the second, and the third, etc. And when his income increases and with uh, the ex- working experience in the future, and then uh, he may have more savings. Some goals may be able to achieve faster than expected. Therefore, uh, before all financial goals can be achieved, and I would like to uh, advise him five important but fundamental personal financial strategies. And first, to keep working and improve the human capital by continuing learning 
hopefully it can help increase the earning power and also the income. And the second one is to maintain a healthy savings ratio, even income is increased. For example, uh, I will recommend uh, 30% as the saving ratio. Don't spend more when you get more, right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Keep yeah. the ratio. It's common, but you need to yeah. control yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Self-discipline is very important. Yeah. And the third one is to put aside an amount around three to six months of the living expenses and as the emergency cash. That was Alvin Lam, money coach from Skylar Professional Development Resources.